Um, it's Memorial Day weekend. Um, Memorial Day tomorrow is the day um, where we honor our loved ones who sacrificed everything to defend our freedoms, to defend our country, to defend our families, right? Um, the cost of service in the military always comes with an asterisk of it could be an ultimate thing. I mean, every soldier, every sailor, all of them who've ever signed up to be in the military, they know exactly what I'm talking about. There is a cost to being a part of that. Um, I was a chaplain's assistant for six years in the Army, and I was witness again and again and again to the cost of what it meant to serve um, for our country in the military. Um, I lost friends in Iraq and Afghanistan and then friends would come home from war, and then I would lose them later to PTSD stuff and suicide and all that kind of stuff. It's really a real cost. And so it's important that we take a moment this morning and we recognize that this morning. And so what I'd like to do is just say a prayer um, for all those who have sacrificed everything and all the families that are left behind. So would you pray with me? Let's, let's pray. God, on this day, uh, we come to you with gratitude in our hearts um, and sadness in our hearts as well for those um, who have stepped up to the call and they've fought for our freedoms, they've fought for our families, they've fought for our way of life, God, and those of us um, who served and then ended up paying the ultimate penalty in doing so and losing everything. God, we, we thank you for those we lost. Um, and we mourn today those we lost as well. And God, we recognize that for some folks, they go off to war and then they bring the war home and they keep fighting and sometimes they lose it when they get home. And we think of those people right now who are in the middle of that fight. God, take your hand of protection and put it over them. Show them your grace and mercy God, some of us today, we, we think of um, Memorial Day and we just get sad because we have family members who we've lost. And God, be with families this weekend as they mourn and they honor their loved ones who, who gave it all. God, we thank you uh, for our soldiers, for our troops, for our sailors, for our Marines. We thank you um, for what they're willing to do and how you can be seen in the middle of that sometimes. And we pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Like I said, tomorrow is Memorial Day. Um, and for so many of us, even though summer technically begins like weeks away from now, um, Memorial Day is like the first real taste of summer for us. Don't you think? Um, it's the day that the charcoal comes out which is a big deal in my family. I don't know about yours. It's the day that the campsites get set up, that if you have a pool, the pool opens on Memorial Day weekend. It's the first holiday following the end of the school year. It's a really big deal. It's really summer starts this weekend for us in the most practical way. And summer is here. Aren't you guys excited about summer 2020? Are you though? Are you, though? Some of you are optimists, and then there's the rest of us. <laughs> you know, usually Memorial Day weekend is the weekend is like, yeah, it's summer, it's time, let's do this, baby. But this summer feels a little different, 
doesn't it? Like, we all have a bit of caution about summer 2020 COVID edition. We're just not really sure what that means for so many of us. Like, what will happen with the chaos of the COVID virus this summer? We don't really know at this point, do we? Will summer, tra- uh, will summer travel plans be possible? Will we get to do that? I don't know. Neither do you. Um, the kids have been in summer vacation mode for like two months, and us parents are ready for that to end, and it just started. Like, what do we do with that? We don't know. Pray for us. Um, will the virus make a comeback in the Magic Valley? Like, what happens with the COVID virus here? Will it affect us? Will it not affect us? Um, will the economy make a comeback this summer? Or will it get worse? Or will it stay the same? We, we really don't know. Will it be okay to do normal summer things this summer? You know, like barbecues and even show up to church to worship corporately? Or or just hosting family and friends over for a party. Can we do those things this summer? I don't know. And yet, summer's here, guys. <laughs> for some of us, it feels like summer is here and we are still waiting for spring. I don't know if you're feeling that at all. You know, there's those moments in our lives where, where there's this chaos and there's this unpredictability and then there's, we get to this, this one precipice in our life and then like this thing is going to go on to the next thing and we're not even sure what this next thing is going to be. That's kind of what summer feels like this year. Like what is going to come next? There are those moments in our lives when things are going to change where we're going to move on to that next big thing and that next big thing is going to happen whether we like it or not and we're really not sure. Like what does that look like for us? We just don't know. I remember when uh, we found out that Becca, my wife, was pregnant with our first child. It was one of those moments for us, right? Uh, we found out that we were going to be parents, which was exciting and terrifying all at the same time. Um, but it was going to happen. There was really nothing we could do at that point. Like, oh, we're pregnant. Here we go. We're off to the races. And we had no idea what that possibly could mean. What in the world does it mean to be a parent? And in this new season of parenting, all of this chaos happened. Like, there was this um, infamous diaper blowout. Anyone had one of those before? I didn't know how to deal with one of those, and now I do. But it was all chaos. We had to learn how to deal with a child as we walked through a store that was crying and then would not stop crying no matter what you did. And like, what do you do in that moment, right? It was a lot of learning on the fly. We had to learn how to keep this child alive with a bottle and food and water where it seems like everything that we put in their mouth came out of their mouth at a much greater force. Like, I don't know if you've had that as a a parent. Anyone know what I'm talking about (laughs) this morning? Some of you do. Any parents that are expecting and they're like, what did we get ourselves into? It's okay. You're going to be okay. But it was all unknown, and yet we knew it was coming. Nothing was going to change that. And it was awesome, by the way. Parenting is great, but it was unknown. You see, how we respond to the unknown in our lives, like the mystery of summer 2020, COVID edition, like how we respond actually matters. And that's what I want to talk about today. How we respond has everything to do with how we view the world around us, and how we respond has everything to do with how we view God and what God is up to in this world. The way we choose to respond to the chaos of the coronavirus summer 2020 um, matters to our faith. It says everything about what we actually believe about the world and about God. Now, in the Bible, 
There's a great story that really mirrors this in some ways. It's in the book of Joshua. Um, it's the story of Joshua and the Israelites as they head into the promised land for the very first time. And so I want to read that as our scripture reading this morning. Um, if you have your Bibles or you have your phone, um, you have the Bible app, um, you can join along Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And then our scripture reader this morning, which I haven't got to do this in a really long time, is Janelle Schaefer. And I'm going to invite Janelle to come. She's going to read for us, which is going to be awesome, isn't it? It's going to be awesome. And then what we do here, church, is we stand for the reading of God's word. If you're home, go ahead and stand in your living room this morning and join us as we stand for the reading of God's word. It's Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Thank you, Janelle. You all may take a seat. Um, I don't know about you, but I've watched uh, several movies in this last couple months, a lot of them. Um, one of the movies that I watched recently was the movie 1917. Um, and I watched, uh, I think that might be the most intense movie I've ever seen in my entire life. If you've ever seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, the movie begins in the trenches of World War I, and it follows these two soldiers as they attempt to deliver vital orders to another commander a couple miles away. And the soldiers go through these unbelievable trials on their journey to deliver this message. There is a journey through no man's land. If you know anything about World War I, there was a trench, and that was one team. And then you had this giant space, and then another trench, and that was the other team. And you didn't go from one trench to the other. You didn't make it. It was no man's land. And then following no man's land, there's this crazy journey through a cave that's very dangerous. There's explosives, all kinds of stuff. There are gunfights that follow. There are cities on fire. And these people are walking through all of it day after day after day. And it seems like throughout the movie, there is not a break for the main characters even once. It just keeps going again and again and again, trial after trial after trial. And then you get to the end of the film, and I don't want to 
spoil it for you if you haven't seen it. But you get to the end of the film, and suddenly, after all this intensity, the movie was shot where it looks like it was shot on, in one take, the whole film. You get to the end, and suddenly there's this moment where everything rests. <sighs> and you see the soldiers just kind of take a breath and sit down. The action, the intensity, it's finally over. Now that feeling of going and going and going and going and going and then suddenly it all stops and you can finally take a deep breath. That feeling is probably the same feeling that the Israelites are feeling in our scripture passage this morning. Uh, the Israelites have been wandering in circles for years. Literally an entire generation of Israelites walked in the desert in circles for years. And then we get to the beginning of the book of Joshua, and God says, hey, the wandering, the wandering, it's time for it to come to an end. The wandering is over. All the strife, all the struggle of wandering in the desert, all the bad food, right? It's all coming to an end. They finally get to enter the land that God has promised them. It's this really big deal in the scriptures. The end is in sight, and then... For the Israelites, something unexpected happens, at least for the masses. Moses dies. Like right as they're about to enter the land, Moses dies. The person who they trusted, who led them literally from Egypt all the way into the land, that's a really long time, Moses is no longer with them. And that's a really big deal. It's a massive shift for them. Suddenly, this big transition from wanderers to like city dwellers and city builders, this big transition that they suddenly have to go through, suddenly has a bunch of question marks in it that it didn't have before. Like, who's going to lead us next? Can anyone really replace Moses? What will being in the land look like without a Moses? Like, is that even possible? And then we get to our scripture reading this morning. And our scripture reading is sort of a commissioning of the next leader. It's the story of Joshua and the Israelites. Joshua would be the next leader of these wandering Israelites, and he'd, he would lead them across this precipice into a new reality. He would lead them through the transition and the, there's lots of questions surrounding that. Like, could Joshua do it? Could the Israelites trust him? Are they going to be okay as they enter into this new phase of life? It was an anxious moment for the Israelites. How do we transi transition well into a new season of life? Especially considering we don't quite know what that next season of life is really going to turn out to look like. And see, that feeling of anxiety that the Israelites had. It's probably a similar feeling to what our nation is feeling, perhaps the world right now. Like, what's going to come next? We really don't know. Can we trust everything? Is it all going to work out okay? Like, summer is here, right? <laughs> and we're not really sure what that means at this point that summer is here. And for many of us in our lives, these transitions are way more than just transitioning from season to season, right? For many of us, we're transitioning into really new seasons of our lives. Like, how do I enter into retirement well 
when I'm not even sure what this retirement thing is going to look like. I haven't made all the plans quite yet. So what's that transition into the unknown of retirement going to look like? Like, how do I enter into the role of parent when I've never parented before? How do I do that? That's a new reality. How do I enter into a new season of joblessness? Many folks have lost their jobs recently. Well, what's that season supposed to look like? My job is gone. The economy turned sour. Now what? How do I do that? Well, how do I deal with my kids who've been home for two extra months and I work a full-time job and I'm married and I'm supposed to have friends and the social distancing thing's supposed to continue? Like, how do I pull that off all at once? It's a new reality for me. How do we do the next thing well when the next thing isn't often clear to us. You see, our scripture reading this morning is actually unbelievably practical. As the Israelites, they're standing on the precipice to this new unknown reality in the land, right? Um, God gets really, really practical for them. God says, here's what you do when you find yourself in the land, right? Here's what it looks like to survive when you're in the unknown of the land. If you have your Bibles, take a look at verses 7 and 8 a minute this morning. I think it's great. So this is God speaking to Joshua and to all the Israelites, and this is what he says. He says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. In seasons of transition, when we find ourselves on the precipice of the unknown and we're really not sure what the next looks like, like summer COVID edition, right? God says, here's the first thing that you do. It's really, really practical. He says, essentially, make this book right here your field guide. Make this book your field guide. God says, it's obvious. Like, take this book, the law, and take it seriously, <laughs> That's it, God says. We literally have a field guide for moments of uncertainty in our lives. And God says, it's, it's right here. You guys have it. All of you do. We literally have a field guide for moments like this. This book. And God says, take it seriously. And God gets really specific about what it looks like to use this book as a field guide in seasons of uncertainty. It's really interesting. In verses 7 and 8, God says, do four things with this book, and then, you know, that will be a great start for you as you enter into uncertainty, like summer or whatever it may be. God says first, okay, listen to the book. <laughs> listen to it. Like, when you feel like the book's saying something to you, you should actually listen to what it's saying. And then God says, speak the book. So when you enter into this space of uncertainty where you don't really know what's next, the words that come out of your mouth, God says, make them these words and see what happens, God says. And then God says, ponder or meditate on this book, meaning read the book and ponder what in the world this has to do with my life. Like, what does it really have to do? Sit there and think about it. Think about the words of this book. And then finally, God says, oh, and by the way, do what it says. Do what it says. When the Bible tells you to do something, just do it, right? 
Now, I know that none of those things are terribly shocking to you. You're like, wow, I've never heard that before, Pastor John. I've never heard that you're supposed to read this book and take it seriously. It's amazing. We know we're supposed to read the Bible. We're supposed to study the Bible, all that stuff. We know this. But there is a reality also aside from that. See, for many of us, this book is incredibly underused in our lives. For many of us, we hardly read this book. We hardly touch this book. For many of us, this book, when we do touch it, we've got to shake off the dust because it's been a while. It sits in an unopened app on our phones, right? Like that's where that book is for us. It often, this book is ignored in so many of our lives. And then we get to moments of uncertainty and we're like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do next. Like, what is this supposed to look like? This weird new season, summer COVID edition. I don't know what to do with that. Like, how am I supposed to respond to that? And we've never actually consulted the book and listened to it and then spoke the words that it has written in it. And, and meditated on the words of the book and learned what it has to say about our lives and, and then actually, obey, and actually obeyed it and did the words, right? What if this week, I don't know about you, but in the craziness of this season, spiritual practices for me have gotten a little bit harder. What if in this season we all just became students of the text and just got back in the book? How would it change this moment for us of uncertainty? It, it might change a lot for us. So God says, in moments like the ones we find ourselves, um, you have a field guide. Maybe you should just take a look at it, right? Take a look at the Bible. Take it seriously. And then God says something else. Take a look at verse 9 in our scripture reading a second this morning. Verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God says, take this book. Take this book seriously. It's good for us. Really pay attention to the book. And he says, oh, by the way, in seasons of uncertainty in your life, like you're entering the land or you're entering into the unknown of summer or whatever it may be, God says, here's the book for the path. But God says, you also have a partner on the path as well. And pay attention to that. God says, I will be with you wherever you may go. If you're going into uncertainty, God says, I'm there. I, I'm, I'm with you. When life is stable and easy and predictable, God says, yeah, I'm there with you. Are you paying attention? Can you see me there? When life gets hard, impossible, unpredictable, we just don't know what's going to happen next, God says, yeah, I'm walking that path with you as well. Are you paying attention to that? Pay attention to the book, God says. Take it seriously. Remember that you have a partner on the path. I'm there with you, God says. Just look for it. I don't know if you're feeling this, but in, in the midst of this season, there's social distancing and there's this level of aloneness that a lot of people are feeling. I was talking to a therapist recently and she said that her rise in cases just because of that have been astronomical. She doesn't know what to do with all her new clients. God says, even in the midst of your aloneness, I'm walking the path with you. I'm there. Can you see him? It's really practical. 
And then God says one more thing. If you have your Bible, take a look in verse 10 and 11 a second. So it's near the end, and he says, So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Joshua tells the people after hearing from the Lord, get your provisions ready. Now the word there in Hebrew for provision in verse 11 is the Hebrew word sedah, sedah. And sedah only shows up 11 times in the Bible and it, said, and it means literally the same thing every single time. A literal meaning for that word is food for the journey. Provision, food for the journey. Joshua says, pack up your food for the journey and we're going to head into the unknown together. That's what's going to happen next. Be sure to pack your food for the journey. It's vital. If you ever hiked, you know how vital this is because when you run out of water on mile five and you have five more to go, it's not good, right? You need provision. Food for the journey is literally life for the journey. So I imagine the Israelites, they pack up their breads and their meats and their wine and all of that kind of stuff, and then they hit the road. They walk off into the unknown. In this season, we're kind of walking into the unknown. I think we're all feeling it at some level. We don't know what summer's going to look like. We miss spring. We're still waiting for that to happen. What's going to happen next? We just don't know. And God says, pack up your provisions for the road. You need some food for the road. See, as we head off into summer, God wants you topped off for the road. You know, this summer is going to be interesting, and God has supply for you for the road. You know, in the scriptures, when Jesus dies on the cross, it literally says that he poured himself out on the cross. He poured himself out so that we could be filled to the brim. It's food for the road. Um, in a moment, we are going to take communion together. And it's going to be a little weird because we have those little packets, but we're going to take communion together. And communion is meant to be Jesus pouring himself out so we have food for the road, so God can nourish us for the road. Perhaps right now you're feeling like, Dude, my life is on E. Like, I am dragging by. It's just difficult right now in my life. God says, come to the table, and I will give you provision. I will give you food for the road. You will be topped off when you come to my table. You're going to be okay. So when we come to the table here in a minute, folks, let's think about it that way. If you're on E, if you're feeling like I'm on a journey into I don't know where, God's got you topped off. Just come to the table. Take this book and, and then take it really seriously. And if you haven't been, I dare you, go for it. Take it seriously. Remember that you have a partner on the path. You have God with you, walking every step with you. And God has food for the road waiting for you. Amen? Let me leave you this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord raise his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen, church?